Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Green Wisdom Health Show. I'm Janet Lewis. And I'm Dr. Lewis. And today we are going to talk to you about a very important subject that we see a lot in our office and we've called it Timing is Everything for Health. How many of you out there have experienced a disease or a health setback either for yourself or a loved one that you wish that you could just turn back the clock and took a different path or helped them choose a different path other than the one they chose because of the outcome that happened? You know, the old too little, too late type thing. Um, Today, Dr. Lewis is going to discuss with you, when is it time to take control of your health? Is it at a certain age, a certain symptom that you have, or what's the magic breaking point that causes you to know, hey, it's time for me to do something about my health? So, Dr. Lewis, can you help people along, tell them how to take better control of their own health? You know, when should they start? The The only moment of power is right now. And as far as what stage in your life or what age you should get started, the answer is right now. I'm seeing more and more people that are younger and younger. I had a, a aspiring uh, soon to be nurse this morning I think she was 21 or so and she realized that at 21 she shouldn't be on the drugs she shouldn't be gaining weight she shouldn't have stress, anxiety, depression OCD, lowered sex drive and she said I don't want to be on the 15 drugs that my daddy's on at 50 something so the point is that we're living in a self-made, stress-filled society. Well, we can unmake that, too. It's very, very important that you find the reason why. And we only do two. There's only two reasons why we do anything. We do it because we're trying to avoid pain. Or we do it to seek or move toward pleasure. I'm a little bit more of a pleasure seeker, but I still am motivated in some areas to move away from pain. Janet's motivation is a little bit of both, and, and ideally it should be a balance. But folks, we have to get the mental, the spiritual, the physical, the nutritional, the financial, the marital relationships balanced. Because we can get rid of this stress, and part of it is just thinking differently. And you don't just feed your body with our really good, outstanding supplements. You have to feed your mind. You have to feed it positivity. You've got to hang around people that bring you up, the people that make you feel like they're a little ray of sunshine and you feel better because they came in and brightened your day. There's a scripture somewhere in the Bible that says something to the effect of, A wise man foresees danger and takes precaution, but a foolish man ignores it and suffers the consequences. Mm, That that should say it all. That's really good. You know, um, a lot of people think that you wait until you're older, until they start trying to give you prescriptions and that kind of thing, before you start trying to regain health. Uh, is it true that if you've waited to that point in your life that that's really when you need to start getting better because, you know, you're young now, you know, you have all this youth still going on, you don't really need anything extra, right? Well, along with youth comes foolishness, or at least that was true for me. Here's the thing. All things can 
create momentum. Good health, consistent habits can create momentum toward better health, better energy, having a better mental outlook. But disease or symptoms can create more and more momentum. So if you have a constant headache, you know, while it may be a noble thing to want to kill the pain of the headache, but you didn't get that because your body ran out of ibuprofen, And it's not wrong to do that, but you need to look at the underlying cause. You don't want the momentum of symptoms and disease or disease processes. Gain the momentum because it's like trying to stop a a freight train that's going 80 miles per hour. It's easier to stop it when it's going one mile per hour and reverse the course, take a different track or take a different turn toward health. Well, you know, and I think uh, for... For us in the in the healthcare field, there's been a pivotal point in our careers that, where we said, "Hey, uh, we want to do something that helps other people get well." And I guess my question to you, Doctor Lewis, and you know, for those of you that are new to what we do here, uh, you know, we we practice basically functional medicine, which we will explain the difference in that later. But was there a certain point or pivotal point in your career that you said, I want to work in natural medicine? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Watching your daddy die when you're 15 years old and he was 53 from IBS, ulcerative colitis, whatever it was. And, And, you know, the medical profession is a really good profession. I have the greatest admiration for them. But the doctor says, well, we might have given him too much cortisone and precipitated the heart attack. You know, we don't we don't ever know. But I remember the pain of having a daddy die early and all the hardships that brought on my mama and all the kids. And it's, you know, a condition that you can treat naturally to much, much success. And I went through five different medical procedures for my gut problems, and I had them when I was a kid. Five different diagnoses, five different treatments, none of which worked. And then I found a naturopath slash chiropractor in Arizona, stayed out there about four months, and he gave me a lot of nutrients and taught me how to eat a little bit different and how to think a lot different. And after four months in Arizona, it's like, well, I think I'm cured, but I'm sure it's a spontaneous remission. But it lasted for years and years and years. And and it's like God gave your body the ability to heal. And we just have to work with that innate power. That's good. You know, for me, getting into this, it was about watching my grandfather. You know, we, we have people come in here all the time and go, well, you know, I'm a I'm a type two diabetic, and it's just genetic. I got it, and they, it's inflicted itself upon me, and now I have it. They say, "Well, it runs in my family." Right, and and my pivotal point at, when I was nine years old, I watched my grandfather get both of his legs cut off to type two diabetes, which was a very controllable thing at that time. You know, we didn't know that, but um, to see him roll around in a wheelchair. And he was a very vital farmer for many, many years. Broke my heart because I thought, really, this is what you get for getting older? And he was only 70-something at that time and had no legs. 
And so for me, it was like, there's got to be another answer to this. Can you prevent type 2 diabetes? You bet you can. You ate your way into it and you can eat your way back out of it, which leads me to another question about sugar. You know, there's a lot of talk around sugar being toxic in the human body. Dr. Lewis, do you think people should be cutting it out of their diet? Uh, the short answer is absolutely, and we covered a little bit of this last week on the podcast. And, you know, they, you know, whoever they is, we all have those anonymous days in our life and in our belief systems. They began to demonize butter in 1953. You've heard me say that. That's even before I was born. And uh, they started demonizing fats. Well, it was the sugar industry that did that, and even Kellogg's said, we do not apologize for putting sugar in our cereal. Our bodies do run on sugar, but you want more and more of it, and it's a pretty complicated thing. But, you know, you you overeat because you're trying to get nutrients out of your food that's not there, so you go for more calories and less nutrient density. Fat is where it's at. Now, there's a lot of misconception about fat, too. They say, well, trans fats are bad. No, they're not. You, you need to stay away from hydrogenated and partially hydrogenated fats. You need to stay away from vegetable oils like soy, canola, uh, cottonseed, corn oil. That's bad. You know, give me the give me the fat off a ribeye and I'd be fine. But uh, there are a lot of good fats. And once your body begins to burn fat for fuel, you'd be surprised how good your brain feels. And people say, oh, my tumors are shrinking up. And... You know, there's there's lots and lots of research that would support that. So sugar is a bad thing. The simple carbohydrates are a bad thing. The food pyramid is killing us. And there's even a book written, you know, to that effect. Um, well, so, you know, another question about sugar. Um, what if the person that's listening to us is new, has never heard of us? Can't believe they would never hear of us. But, uh, yeah. If they had not. And they're going, hey, I'm already on, I'm a type 2 diabetic, I'm on metformin, and I'm on all these different drugs to lower my sugar, so my sugar looks good on lab, so to speak. Do Does that person still need to be worried about eating sugar? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, per the FDA, we can't make any claims about uh, nutritional uh, all of our supplements making that big of a difference, but they can. And when did we forget that our body is smarter intuitively or innately than we are out of our brain? And, and the Internet's made, made us a bunch of educated idiots. People will get the answer, and then they'll get on Google, and it gets all confused, and they get off track. But, yeah, you need to stay away from sugar. It's a bad thing, you know, just, just simply put. Well, and then you talk about fats. There's still a lot of people that are really scared off by eating healthy fats. So what can you say to that person to switch their mindset about eating fats? You know, because it has been demonized for so long. What fats should they eat, you know, basically? And which ones should they stay away from? What? How do they have it in their head that this is so bad? Well, <clears throat> trying to keep a podcast short and i've got several hours of information to try to fit into 30 minutes the dietary fats that are actually therapeutic and can do great things are fish oil but it has to be a good one there's differences there primrose is good borage oil is awesome mct oil is incredible lecithin 
especially if it's a sunflower and from organic uh, sunflower. Hemp is good, sesame, CLA, uh, I think shark oil is, although you don't see that very much. You can get some good uh, oils from rice bran and wheat germ, but I'm a pretty anti-grain kind of guy. And black currant oil, then the, those are the therapeutic ones, and the higher the dose, the better. We could have a whole podcast on that because we've got a new fish oil coming in that's just full of enhanced phosphatidylcholine. Which means great brain function for you people out there who don't know what he's talking about. Or for young ladies that are pregnant and want to develop a kid that's smarter and their brain's better developed. But just regular good dietary fats would be like olive oil, uh, safflower. Some people say soy, but I, I have a tendency to stay away from soy. Walnut oil is great. Almond and pecan. You've heard me say that Janet and I use pecan. Avocado oil is awesome. Cashew, coconut, palm. Butter is great. Ghee is great. Pumpkin is great. Some people say canola, and I disagree with that. I think canola is poison. The bad ones are the hydrogenated or transhydrogenated. The ones that are uh, oxidized from... Fast food deep fryers, basically, and uh, not having enough vitamin E. Olestra also is a really bad one. What is it? Olestra? Yeah. That's the one that made you have, they said, well, you could have anal leakage. That means poop in your pants, for those that don't understand. What's Olestra made from? I don't believe I've ever heard of heard of that one. I haven't seen that in the grocery store. Well, it kind of lost uh, kind of lost its momentum when people started uh, soiling their pants. Ah, I can understand why. Interesting. <laughs> if it's made by man, you probably ought to defer back to something that's made by nature. <laughs> Let's keep that simple. Okay. Uh, speaking of soiling your pants, <laughs> how about leaky gut? <laughs> Is that soiling your pants or soiling your insides? Uh, it's a term that seems to be popping up more frequently now. Uh, what is it for people, A, that don't know what leaky gut is, for people that have leaky gut and know what it is, what's the first step you should take to fix it? Uh, There's four R's. Number one, remove toxins. And Janet and I are just stressed out as we can be because we're trying to figure out uh, we've got finally a really good company that can blow the information into an entire new galaxy about food sensitivities and food allergies and wheat zoomer and the neural zoomer. And leaky gut. Yeah, and it's, I'm sorry, folks, we've been working on it for months. It's really tough to get all this sorted out, but we're working on it. So it's going to tell you what you're really sensitive to, what you're allergic to, and then you you first R is remove the toxins, remove the bad organisms, and remove the harmful foods. The second R is replace digestive enzymes. Well, we give out digestive enzymes like they're candy, and people get better. And it's not just digestion. It's immune system, because guess where the majority of the immune system is? Yep, GI tract. The third R is re-inoculate friendly organisms. And Janet and I have been working on all kinds of different probiotics, and we're trying to s- slim it down to about six or seven different choices. Uh, we have a probio complete that works real well. If you have diarrhea, it has a tendency to make you have properly formed bowel movements. If you're constipated, it has a tendency to make you go uh, more properly two, three times a day. We have a probio lean that I couldn't believe worked. 
course, you know, I don't do things correctly. I don't take them in the morning. I take them at night, and I lost about eight, nine pounds right off the bat and didn't change my diet. My diet wasn't that good anyway. So there's different probiotics, and a lot of the probiotics on the market are not that good. And there's people that are heavy into the investigation that will tell you that, too. And I don't think you ever totally get them colonized in your gut because you keep putting genetically modified foods on top of it that's full of glyphosate. And that's one reason I'm very anti-grain. The gluten is horrible, but the glyphosate or Roundup is probably equally as harmful and disrupts the uh, microbiome. And that's why if you take the probiotics every day, it's a really good thing. And that's three R's or four oh, R's? Four, sorry. Okay, so the fifth R is? Is repair the leakiness. And there's several ways to do this. The digestive enzymes and probiotics are good, but I swear the best thing we've ever found is called SBI. It's a bovine-derived immunoglobulin, and that helps seal the leaky gut and repair the leaky gut. And it it is so good. One of my favorite stories is a lady called me from down in central Texas, and she said, oh, my God, that stuff works good. And I said, well, honey, you hadn't been on it that long. How do you know it's working? She said, I went for Thanksgiving, and instead of pooping 42 times, my family noticed I didn't have to run to the bathroom. And then I like that in the sixth R that you don't know anything about, (laughs) but remove gluten. And sadly, I... You know, it is sad that we now have to look for food that does not contain gluten. I told Dr. Lewis the other day, I said, what has happened that we have to actually ask for food without gluten in it now? You've never heard of that many years ago. The food was better then. And now you have to have special food that don't have any gluten, and you're one of the minorities buying it. And that's why we're going with this new lab once we get it going is because uh, I found out that, Dr. Lewis, the rules apply to you, too. And I am big time. It's like, geez, for years I thought I had cancer of the guts, and it was just a gluten sensitivity or allergy, and it really has hurt me. And now that I've pretty much come close to 100% giving up gluten, I feel great and have more energy, have more mental clarity, and I laugh and play a lot more, which Janet likes or maybe not. But, uh, yeah, gluten is bad. And gluten is – I've read – Researchers said there's up to 40 times more gluten than there was back in the 70s. And I was on a, a really good podcast with Jack Spearco, the Survival Podcast. That's a really good one. And Jack is kind of the expert. He's a brilliant man. He says, yeah, well, it's about an average of four times more gluten. I said, well, I agree. I mean, you're the expert. But, geez, four times more gluten's a big deal. And that's because we feed our crops with the NPK. It makes we're feeding fast food to our food, and it causes it to grow too fast. And the the plant says, "Oop! I got all this energy. I got to turn it to protein." That protein's called gluten, so it quadruples it and more. So it it is gluten, and it's the glyphosate that's in it too. Mm. It's killing our guts. Yep. So we've made a sixth R. <laughs> yeah. Well, that hurt. Uh, and, and for people new that are out there listening that, you know, don't know about health like they should and they're trying to get educated and learn more and know now they need to start, the timing is now. Can you explain the difference between what you do as functional medicine and, and conventional medicine? What is the difference? Because a lot of people don't understand the difference between them. 
Well, first of all, I'm not against conventional medicine. Lord knows they've helped me many times in many different ways, have the greatest respect for their knowledge and their dedication. feel sorry for them because insurance companies are killing them, which is not right. But what I do is just introduce uh, natural uh, substances. Now, you, some of these are very specialized, so they have to be extracted from different things. There's some incredible, incredible things, and I go with the research and what I do is just natural. I, I uncover the underlying cause. And I just talked to a guy from Alpharetta, Georgia. He loves my stuff, and he's feeling better, and he's lost 60-something pounds. And, of course, he put the effort into it. It wasn't just our stuff. And he says, but my wife works for a neurosurgeon. She argues with me about everything natural. I said, I can provide hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different research or excerpts of research to prove <clears throat> that what I'm doing here as a chiropractor is medically researched and valid. So, Well, when you say you're uncovering things, how are you doing that exactly by using what method? Well, you know, we use things that clinically has been shown to work, historically has been shown to work. I mean, 5,000 years from the Chinese, we shouldn't discard that because those people know what they're doing. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we read the research, but more importantly, we just do the lab. We do a whole lot of lab for a tiny bit of money, and we take out at least most of the guesswork. So it's individualized programs based on, yeah. based on each person's lab work, not just everybody going to a health food store so much. So that makes it functional medicine, correct? Because you're well, using lab work to analyze what they need nutritionally. Yeah, and, and this is a simple thing. I mean, you know, melatonin, and, and everybody knows about melatonin. You know, that's kind of a youth hormone, and uh, it was effective as a soul therapy. Now, that's scary. They're just using that totally, and that's it. Soul therapy in refractory cancer patients. That's the ones that have not responded to other conventional therapies. And it gave these people improvement in quality of life and control over cancer growth. And that comes from the Journal of Oncology. This is not Dr. Lewis's opinion. And people say, but I don't like melatonin. It makes me have wild dreams. I said, well, tell your body what you want to have a wild dream with, and you'll enjoy them like you did back when you were much younger. You'll get used to it. It, it won't give you wild dreams forever. I take melatonin because at 9 milligrams, it, it's a youth hormone. And, geez, I look good for 120. Okay. We've got one final question that's going to be really great at the end I'm going to ask. But I want to make sure that I have addressed these uh, questions that we get sent weekly. And uh, we do appreciate that. And if you're wondering how to send questions to us, it's on Dr. Lewis's shooting straight closed facebook group just yeah please join i love talking to y'all ask to be added in he'll add you in and then you get to join the commentary but this uh particular week they were talking about vitamin d dr lewis shared an article about vitamin d and he's asking our clients and people that are on the group if they're taking enough and poor Martin got overlooked with a question that he asked on here. Dr. Lewis did not see it. So Martin Janet told me twice, and I didn't listen to her. So, Martin, it's my fault, and I'm getting my butt beat over it. So you can come <laughs> beat me up, too. Uh, so I'm going to address Martin's <laughs> question on the air. Sorry, my honey don't beat me up. I didn't listen, though. He said, here's an interesting question. What can be done about the difficult 
way to raise vitamin D levels of an MS patient. A family member has been fighting this for a while. We have mycelized vitamin D, which is, you know, that's a droplet. And mycelized means it's put down into such a small particle, it's incredibly absorbable. And, you know, you always, maybe not always, but many people have to fight family members. Um, I don't know. You have to have people on board. And, you know, I don't care how much good you do. If you look for bad things to happen, it will happen. I've seen people do that. It says, well, what kind of uh, bad effect, what kind of side effect am I going to have? I said, whatever you're looking for in fear. But, yeah, the mycelized vitamin D would be my choice. It's, it's most easily absorbed. And when you've got someone chronically sick like that, you know, she's probably no doubt got leaky gut. Yeah, and MS, with. you need the new fish oil with, uh, that is really good for brain and nerve regeneration. And, yes, there's research to back that up, too. And it's called NeuroSupreme, you guys, if y'all are going that. I wonder what that good fish oil is called. It's called NeuroSupreme. Because I didn't remember because I hadn't taken it yet. <laughs> but you'll remember because it says supports brain health on it. Huh? But but people with with you know problems like MS have a hard time absorbing anyway because they're already ill. So like you said, the the stuff that breaks down really easily would would help more because they they can't get it in the cell like a normal yeah. person does. And there's some research that points to uh, environmental toxins causing MS at least in some cases. And then people say, well, everybody's in. Uh, got the same environmental toxic load it's like yeah some re- some of them actually detoxify and some don't so i'd say just let's just clean the body up and see what happens i don't think you know i don't treat cancer i don't treat ms i don't treat myasthenias gravis but the last guy that came in with it lord he's up and walking and swallowing again and doesn't fall off when his muscles go rigid uh, and it's just doing some nutrients it's amazing how that works yeah we also have Laura that asked if you could discuss the colloidal silver and its uses and risks. Yeah, that question, Laura, came in right after you know we were doing the podcast last week. Now, Laura's a real sweet lady up north, and uh, you, you get different opinions on colloidal silver. I personally think you should never make your own because it does make a difference, the particle size. It does make people a little bit blue that they don't ever get rid of if you make your own, I've seen. Yeah, people her. say, I've never seen that. Well, I've seen several in my lifetime, and it's irreversible. Um, don't be cheap and make your own. Don't be a smurf. Yeah. I um, We have it. I use it very, very, very cautiously. Some people do it every day, and the last person that said I do it every day, who's a super, super knowledgeable lady, I said, great, show me the research that says it doesn't smother out your probiotics, too. She said, I'll get you the research. Yeah, three months later, I still hadn't seen it. I only use it as a last resort. I put it in my eyes because it helps kill the bacteria in there in the morning. It makes my eyes feel better. Well, yeah, whatever works for you. It works on my dog. And, and and I do, well, she's pretty, but I do use it, but I use it very, very cautiously. I don't think that's something that should be used every day. And, I, you know, you know it, even though it's a good antimicrobial, I'm still not convinced. I've not seen the science that says it doesn't kill your good probiotics also. So until I see the research and they convince me, just use it as a last resort. And that's, why, sure. we, that's why we love you, because you are reading all this research and you keep it all in your little head. <laughs> yeah, I and, try. <laughs> My final question to you and the listeners out there, Dr. Lewis, what can you tell people 
that the key is to a long, healthy life? Number one, start eating half as much and eat good. Number two, you be consistent. Like there, there's this guy, Gary, up in Amarillo. He's just consistently and quietly doing it. There's a guy named Rob up in Lake Orion, Michigan. He just he said, I don't need to talk to you. Just tell me what to do. Years and years later, Shauna and Raphael in Arizona, Brian in Nashville. I mean, I could go on and on and on. The people that are consistent get consistent results. I used to go to the nature path, and I'd get sick, and I'd come back six months or a year later. She said, well, why would you quit doing it? I said, I felt better. She said, Dr. Lewis, do you still put gas in your truck? I said, yeah, what's the point? She says, why do you quit putting good nutrients into your body? So it's consistency, folks. Janet doesn't think I love her because I kiss her and say I love you. She thinks I love her because I'm consistent doing the little things, and you have to be consistent putting in good Super high-quality, targeted nutrients. And then, wow, you look around years later, and you look a lot younger than everybody you went to high school with. And you can actually see that on lab because he's not just us telling you, hey, you're getting better. Mm -hmm. We do follow-up labs, so you can see the numbers because there's many times these consistent clients of ours come in and say, well, I don't really feel any different, but let's go ahead and run the lab and see what happened. And they are shocked when they see how much differences there are in their lab numbers versus the first time they come in. Some things you feel, some things you don't. The one thing with natural medicine, and you don't really ever get told this, but it takes a minimum of three months for the body to actually stop what it's been doing and start going the other direction to get well. The momentum I talked about earlier. So it's a minimum of three months, and then it's a month for every year you've had the issue. And people scratch your head and say, geez, it's going to take forever. It's like, well, you didn't get started 20 years ago. Well, that's why we tell you to start now. I mean, because when you're young, look, that's less years. you got to reverse something. You can invest a little bit in your health all along, or you can be devastated and bankrupt from your uh, illnesses. And, folks, uh, let me just slip this in. I've talked to several people lately that talked about how much they enjoyed the podcast. Uh, One lady up front, uh, well, uh, she was way, she was way, way, I don't know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, somewhere up there. And then uh, talked to Claudia in California that was surprised I called her. It's like, well, I'm not a rock star, and I know I have a Texas draw, but I try to be knowledgeable and try to listen to my discerning spirit when I make decisions for the betterment of your health. Thank you very much for your encouragement. It really does mean a lot to us. Yes, it does. And we appreciate all you consistent clients we have out there. And for those of you that this is your first time to hear this podcast and didn't know we were even here, uh, go to our website, greenwisdomhealth.com. Get started today. Fill out the health survey. That gets you started. It'll recommend you a lab panel. It'll send you to a lab close to where you're located. And we can do this throughout the United States. So there's no need to say, hey, I live too far away. No, you don't. We can help you anywhere. There's no time like the present. So it is a gift. And with that being said, we'll be here next week on the Green Wisdom Health Show. Once again, our show has come to an end, but your hope in your health is only beginning. If you or a loved one are in need of a different outcome and are waiting for a brighter future, take the first step and go to our website and fill out the health survey. 
please don't keep us a secret. If you know someone that could benefit from this podcast, please share this show with your friends and family. You're only one step away from a life worth living.